athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. So glad that you have joined us on this Saturday evening. A historic occasion from the press box to press row is now on the air. And, of course, we'd like to thank all of those listening over radio in Birmingham, Alabama, of course, Atlanta, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and, of course, in the Baltimore, Washington area. And especially want to thank those that are listening via the World Wide Web at www.boxtorow.com. We're going to get things popping on the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. I tell you what, you heard that intro. That was from August the 20th, 2005, August the 20th, 2005. And when I listen back to that, you know, (laughs) I got to be honest, we, we call this the dopest show on radio. That was getting ready to be headed to the worst show of all time on radio but obviously the show has grown i've grown i mean that was i mean that was that was terrible i was so nervous that day in that studio in baltimore where we started the show and of course you heard our first affiliates baltimore uh birmingham raleigh durham um, and I forget the other one that I, that I said, Atlanta, or we were on in Atlanta shortly thereafter. If we weren't, Greensboro, Winston-Salem um, was on the list. And we've been doing this for a long time. And wouldn't you know it, we're still on in Raleigh on WAUG, now known as Hot 97.9, uh, the only original affiliate that is still carrying from the press box to press row, we're still on in Greensboro right now on WNAA. At that time, we were on another radio station. And um, again, 14 years of from the press box to press row on the air. 14 years. August 20th. So Tuesday, August 20th at 5 was really 5.05 p.m. because we were on uh, that clock where you we were at the station. They had top of the they had news at the top of the hour played some commercials, then you came on five minutes after. So 5.05 on Tuesday, from the press box to press row, officially on the air for 14 years. We're going to do a little bit of celebrating today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Going to replay some of our memorable interviews over the 14 years 
that we've been on the air. We've talked with a lot of people and just going to reminisce with respect to that. Looking forward to you guys enjoying that and want you to join in on the conversation on social media. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You know, I think back to that day, which uh, I can't remember. I think I, I think it was, I think it was Saturday morning. I may have driven up from uh, Raleigh to Baltimore. I think it was Saturday morning. I could have maybe went Friday night. I could have left Friday night and stayed over. Um, I, I, I don't remember. But, you know, I, I just remember the preparation it took to uh, to be able to even put that show on the air. We were syndicating the show. So we were on, uh, as you heard, as we still are now uh, in various markets around the country. The only focus of the show at that time, the only focus of the show at that time was HBCU sports. So um, that was so also well, well, it was the focus. So let me back up. It was it has always been the major focus, but we talked about some other different things. As a matter of fact, that was the, at the time T.O. was was with respect to his holdout with the Philadelphia Eagles when he was doing the sit ups in his driveway and all of that. We talked about that a lot on that program. It was also um, during the time. I think that was the year that Brett Favre um, or, or Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Packers. So we were talking about sort of how Brett Favre, it may have been the year before, I don't remember, but anyway, it seemed like Brett Favre was uh, his constantly holding Green Bay at uh, hostage, if you will, because he wouldn't decide whether or not he was coming back to uh, a- until it was towards um, the latter part of training camp. But anyway, um, we started this thing some 14 years ago. We've had an outstanding ride on From the Press Box to Press Row. As a matter of fact, our first three guests on the program are still people that I talk to um, on a semi-regular basis. Benita Best is the sports editor of the Triangle Tribune. On that show, we talked CIAA football. Um, Hal Lamar, who is covered in, in the Atlanta area, he's covered you know HBCU football for so many years, and more specifically, the SIAC. We talked with Hal Lamar that day. And then, of course, Lute Williams, the editor of the Black College Sports page. The Black College Sports page has been around for some 25 years now or so and uh, still talk with Lute on a semi-regular basis as well. Knows all things HBCU. And uh, so that was just a great show of that day. So just a little bit of background on From the Press Box to Press Row for those that are newer to the program and not familiar with the program. Before I go on, let me thank all of the wonderful affiliates, and I mean wonderful affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Um, uh, great affiliates. I mean, I think of some of our older affiliates like WGBN in Nashville, or excuse me, WGBN in Pittsburgh, who has been carrying from the press box to press row since 2008, since February 2008. We did a live uh, broadcast from uh, from Super Bowl, not from the actual Super Bowl, but the Saturday before the Super Bowl, we were on Radio Row. The Super Bowl was in Phoenix that year. We did a live broadcast. Uh, WGBN carried that live broadcast. That was the first Saturday in February of 2008. And WGBN has been carrying from the press box to press row ever since. I mentioned WNAA. I believe WNAA started carrying the program 
um, in 2000, on a regular basis in 2007. WFSK uh, in, in Nashville comes to mind, been carrying uh, from the press box to press row. This is going to be this year's 10 years on the air with WFSK in Nashville. So many great WELE in Daytona Beach. Wow, has been carrying from the press box to press row at least 10 years, if not more than that. Very appreciative. Uh, Ormond Beach, Daytona Beach area. Thank you uh, to WELE. Those listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142, of course, uh, Sirius XM 141, HR Voices uh, began carrying from the press box to press row in December of 2011. Uh, and then um, uh, Sirius XM Channel 142, HBCU been, began carrying the program, I believe it was 2013. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of our longer carriers as well, WHUR 96.3 HD2 uh, in Washington began carrying the program back in 2008. Of course, thank you to those also listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. You heard in that snippet mention the World Wide Web, still calling it the World Wide Web back in 2015. Now we just we either say www or really don't even say that. We just say whatever the name is, in this case, BoxToRow.com. So the concept of uh, from the press box to press row emanated um, for many years prior to 2005, as a matter of fact, um, you know, I'm a big am was and am a huge sports talk show. I, I listen to sports talk radio religiously. And one of the, the, the first programs I remember listening to was Tony Kornheiser going back. Um, he to me, I, I don't know. He I don't know if he was the first syndicated program, but um, WTEM in Washington, D.C., um, he was doing the show out of WTEM um, uh, and um, became syndicated via ESPN. Big fan of Tony Kornheiser still doing his thing um, with ESPN and then a big Jim Rome fan who was listening to those shows. But when you listened, it, it was great because it was sports talk. It was call in. We, you know, we at one time and we're going to get back to doing that. We took phone calls. Um, when the show first came on the air, we took phone calls here. Now, with the social media platform and so forth, we do it in that manner. Um, but there weren't a lot of shows that were, matter of fact, there were no shows, not only not talking about, not carrying or, or really talking about HBCU sports, but not, you know, no mention, rarely a mention of HBCU sports. So I said, you know, that's something that I wanted to see. I can do this. You know, I was I was already heavy into play by play, had never done sports talk, as you could hear from that very first show. Um, but, you know, I really prepped myself listening to the Jim Romes of the world at that time, really, you know, months in advance, sort of listening to Mike and Mike and how Mike and Mike at that time, which is now Golick and Wingo, which is still on ESPN radio, the morning show, um, you know, just taking cues from sort of those guys in terms of of how to to uh, to present myself um, to present this show um, to the people that had a would have a great interest in it. And of course, we marketed uh, the show we were on in those uh, uh, markets around the country. But really, it was and still is a labor of love, um, really coming and really promoting HBCU sports, talking with the newsmakers in HBCU sports, the coaches, the administrators, 
the student athletes talking about what is going on in HBCU sports and really, really um, wanted to do that. So just decided really to start a show called up um, some radio stations across the country. We were looking for a home, uh, a, a, a home base, a home affiliate, if you will. And it became the station in Baltimore. Ultimately, I hosted, I think, the first couple of shows, the first three or four shows. And then Terry Banks took over as the host of from the press box to press row all the way to the end of December. Ultimately ran out of money, <laughs> couldn't afford to keep the show on the air. At that time, we were buying radio time. The The sponsorship um, was extremely slow. The advertising extremely show, uh, slow. So had to sort of disband things, if you will, came back. Um, started hosting the show myself in Raleigh out of the studios of WAUG in Raleigh. Had it not been for WAUG, the show may not be on the air and um, hosted, did that for about um, six months or so live call in show and then started build, uh, really building the affiliate base back WELE. One of the first affiliates still carries the program there in Ormond Beach. WNAA, one of our first affiliates as well, um, just starting to build the affiliates back. And ultimately, this show was back on the air. Let's step aside, take a break, come back more as we reminisce about From the Press Box to Press Row in our 14 years on the air. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Faith Evans. And I'm hanging out with my man, Donald Ware, on From the Press Box to Press Row, baby. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. I didn't mean it when I said I didn't love you so. I should have held on tight. I never should have let you go. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. Celebrating 14 years on the air. It's been a wonderful ride, and the ride is going to continue. We're also in the midst of our countdown to kickoff. Where the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking with some of the top players in college football. And today, or a little bit later on in the program, Noah Johnson, the quarterback for Alcorn State, going to join us here on the program. Had him as one of my top five players, or the top five best players in all of HBCU football. And you can 
Log on to our website at BoxToRow.com to see that list. I had Deshaun Waller of Alcorn State at number one. I had at number two, I had Kalen Newton and also Noah Johnson tied for number two. I couldn't really pick one over the other, and I explained why. Um, they both had great attributes, really could not. They're even, really. Um, and you can log on to our website again, BoxToRow.com, to see why. Um, Taylor Porter, who's also going to join us on the program, the running back for Alcorn State. I had him um, in the mix. Um, also, Jimmy Robinson, the return specialist running back, wide receiver for Bethune-Cookman, um, was on the list. Uh, Jaquez Ezard on the list, the wide receiver for Howard. So log on to our website at BoxToRow.com, and uh, you can check out who I had as the top five players in all of HBCU football. Last week, we, we released another top five. It was the top five players to watch. Maybe those players that are a little bit under the radar. Some of them aren't necessarily. If you follow HBCU football closely, you'll recognize a lot of those players, but some of those players maybe aren't household names, but by the end of the season, they will be. So again, some really good stuff at BoxToRow.com. And again, Taylor Porter, and Noah Johnson a little bit later on in the program. So, of course, from the press box to press for our major focus over the years has been HBCU sports. And, of course, even from day one, as I mentioned, we talked about the Terrell Owens situation with, his, with at that time his holdout from the Eagles and, of course, Brett Favre and how, in my opinion, that he was keeping the Green Bay Packers hostage. So we've always talked about the relevant things Uh, relevant topics happening in the world of sports and outside of sports. And we've had some great interviews over the years. I mean, some outstanding interviews over the years with some of the top um, names, athletes, entertainers, etc. And Simone Biles is right now the most decorated gymnast in the history of gymnastics. Of course, we had Simone Biles on the program some two years ago after the Olympics of 2016. We had her on the program in 2017. But check this out. In October of 2014, after the World Championships, before Simone Biles was a household name, her first national interview was right here on From the Press Box to press row and had a chance to talk with her about the success that she had at the world championships in China back in 2014. Um, the experience was so much fun and just an honor to go out there and represent. And I just couldn't have asked for a better week with my um, teammates. Sure. I mean, you know, four gold medals um, coming into the, the competition. Did, did you, I mean, of course you always expect to win, but did you expect to to have the performance that uh, that you had? Um, no, I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. So I'm a, I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. No question about it. Um, now, while you were on the podium at, at one time receiving one of the gold medals, you were attacked by a bee there, and uh, but you you kind of kept it calm the whole time. What, what exactly happened? 
Um, I was standing on the podium, and Marissa um, Irodache pointed to the flowers, and I was like, what? And she was like, the bee. And I, like, thought it was fake, kind of, and then I tried to get it off, and then it, it just started chasing me, so I didn't know what to do, because if I was anywhere else, I would have screamed my head off. <laughs> but I knew that we were probably on TV, so I tried to keep it calm a little bit, but it didn't really work out. Well, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, you you know, you kept, you pretty much kept a smile on your face the whole time. I mean, that had to be uh, hard to do. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess I'm always smiling most of the time. So it wasn't hard to keep a smile, but it was just like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Simone Biles joining us on From the Press Box to Press Row again. Her first national interview happened right here on From the Press Box to Press Row back in October of 2014. So, you know, we have covered every sport here on from the press box to press run have had interviews with some of the top names in respective sports. And that even means wrestling, professional wrestling, more specifically WWE. And you may not consider that a sport, but again, a lot of times we do sports and entertainment here on the program. And one of the guests that we had on from the press box to press row is currently one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions alongside Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, one of the more popular wrestlers in all of WWE, joined us on From the Press Box to Press Row back in January of 2018. Can you speak a little bit to your rise? Uh, you came in, uh, it began with NXT and um, you know ultimately became a world champion and uh i guess you came in what about uh four years ago or so i mean you've had a meteoric rise uh yeah it'll be uh five years in may um but yeah i uh when i was drafted to smackdown live um from the superstar draft you know i was definitely shocked because there was a lot of things in nxt that i hadn't accomplished yet you know i never held the title i never had a takeover match i was never put in the position uh, to really show what I can do. I was just managing Blake Murphy the whole time. So um, when I was drafted, I knew that, you know, if I was going to be under the radar, I had to come in and kick down the door and, you know, take every opportunity for what it is because, especially with WWE, if you don't make the most of every opportunity, a lot of the times those opportunities don't come back. Now, you're the Raw Women's Champion, correct? Correct. Okay, so again, I talked about the rise and you've been the women's champion for most of this year. So what is it, you know, what does that mean to you to be one of the faces of WWE? Oh, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's something that every woman strives for to be a champion. And the fact that I've been able to, you know, become SmackDown champion and Raw Women's champion twice is it's an amazing feeling. And it's, it's definitely an honor. WWE, one of the WWE Tag Team Women's Champions, Alexa Bliss have had mega stars on from the press box to press row over the years, including one Kevin Durant back in August of 2012 when he was one of the rising young stars in the league with the Oklahoma City Thunder. What about the success that you've had, you know, in the league here? One of the younger players, um, and obviously you guys didn't reach your ultimate goal this year, but you're getting towards that. Can you just talk about how you're maturing as an NBA player, as one of the young uh, superstars in the league? Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, 
and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy every moment of it and, uh, you know, hopefully we get to reach our goal one day. Absolutely. You, you guys are right there. I mean, pretty much the team uh, uh, coming back uh, on next year. Um, and what about what about that in, in terms of the camaraderie uh, with your teammates? Again, you guys, you know, playing some really good basketball and, uh, you know, had as much success this year as you've as really you've ever had or almost as much as the franchise has has had, of course, going back to his days at, at Seattle where they did, you know, make it to the championship. But that's got to feel good in terms of being able to, to, to do this for the community there in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, this community is, is unbelievable. They deserve to have a good team, deserve to have a good group of guys. And um, I'm excited I get to play for them. You know, they support us in everything we do. And, um, you know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Outside of winning the gold medal, what was, and even outside of basketball, man, what were some of the great experiences that you had being over in London and, and participating in the Olympics? Well, just supporting other sports. Um you know, just seeing other things. I've never been to London before, so that's my first time really going out there and experiencing something new. So uh, I just try to take it all in and enjoy my time. Kevin Durant joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. That was back in August of 2012. He was still, of course, with the Thunder, and they still had James Harden in addition to Westbrook. 14 years on the air from the Press Box to Press Row, and we're reminiscing a little bit in you know, it's it's just been a great ride. I mean, you know, again, we started with five radio stations carrying this program um, from day one. That was August 20th, 2005. And uh, we are now up to close to 40 affiliates, 40 affiliates and two Sirius XM channels. We're also on a couple of Internet radio stations. Um, you know, just, just, just blessed. I mean, to really be able to do this and to uh, bring you this show each and every week as we've done for 14 years, haven't had a whole lot of weeks off. Um, you know, we've been at various places, whether it's been, um, you know, radio row at the Super Bowl, uh, whether it's been at NBA all-star weekend, whether it's been at the major league baseball, all-star, um, game, all-star festivities, uh, Daytona 500, uh, the U.S. Open. I mean, we've been so many places with From the Press Box to Press Row over the 14 years. We're now going to transition into our countdown to kickoff here on the program. And up next, we're going to be joined by the starting quarterback of the Alcorn State Braves, Noah Johnson, after this small pause for the calls. This is From the Press Box to Press Row. Those who can do those who can't talk. Join Donald Ware in the conversation from the press box to press row. Talking with some of the top players in college football here on from the press box to press row. Got a young man joining us on the line. As a matter of fact, the reigning SWAC offensive player of the year had an absolutely phenomenal season for Alcorn State on last year. Played very well in the Celebration Bowl as well he's a red shirt senior from tampa florida he is noah johnson the starting quarterback for Alcorn state he joins us here on from the press box to press row noah welcome to the program how you doing man thanks for having me absolutely it's a pleasure to have you 
camp to this point. Like, I want to talk about all – I mean, you guys are absolutely loaded on offense and really loaded as a team overall. But just your thoughts a couple of weeks into camp. How's camp so far? Camp's going pretty good. A lot of guys are working hard and um, building team, team chemistry. Uh, we're a senior, senior loaded team, so a lot of vets, a lot of guys have played, and now it's just coming together and just executing day in and day out, and uh, better than each other, competing every day. Yeah, I mean, you're a guy, kind of assessed 2018 for us. You're a guy that completed 62% of your passes on last year, also rushed for 1,080 yards. Um, you know, just what a magnificent season that you had. Um, as you guys, of course, won the SWAC championship. Just yeah, yeah, and uh, test that. That, that that was that was good and that was good and all uh, last year. But you know, we have uh, a new goal, and that's to that's to win it all. Win it all this year. That was the goal last year. We fell short of it, of course. But I was working hard uh, each and every day to, to to get back to where we left off, and hopefully, turn up for a better outcome. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, it wasn't ultimately where you wanted to finish but winning the SWAC championship was big because you guys had won that eastern division I mean what five straight years last time you won the SWAC championship was 2015 but what about that celebration bowl man even though you guys sort of you came up just a little bit short I mean that was a phenomenal football game yeah uh phenomenal game and and everything but you know as a team we set our goal for to win, to win in Atlanta, and we fell short of that. So, kind of as a team, we felt like our season we had a ba- we had a bad season. Even though that we know we we won the division, we won the Swag Championship, and and all that. A lot of guys won awards and and all that, but we still felt like we we left something out there, and that's what we're grinding every day for to to get back to that game in Atlanta and to finish. Do you feel like? As good, I mean, that was a really good offense you had last year. I mean, you had a, 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 a you know, Deshaun Waller obviously broke out as as the running back. You had a good season. Your offensive line comes back intact. Do you feel like this offense uh, has the potential to be better than last year's offense? Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. And and we're working really hard to to to, to be better than we were last year because honestly, we, we were we were good last year, but there was we left a lot of plays. Out there on the field, and then our uh, our receiving core is going to be uh, very good this year. Uh, I feel like they were they were slept on a lot last year, but they're about to wake a lot of people up. And the stuff that we got in, we got going. I uh, felt so about to surprise a lot of people with uh, with our passing game, and of course uh, Deshaun Waller is going to do his thing again, and we, we turn a lot of the offensive line. So we'll definitely be in good shape this year. Yeah, what about you know? That's one of the, the the positions, obviously, in football that's always underrated is the offensive line. I mean, you got, I mean, you're all, you, you, three of your guys are first team all SWAT guys, and I think the other two are like second team all SWAT guys. Right, right. So speak to that, and of course, that offensive line led by uh, Mustafa Ibrahim. Yeah, that that old line is they definitely they definitely do. Do to do their thing, and they definitely make it happen up front for us. Without without those guys, we we are on, on a on a very good offense. So, you know, a lot of credit to those guys and what they do up front. Uh, they work hard, and Mustafa, me and Mustafa, um, try to do try to do our best to to communicate 
on and off the field. Noah Johnson, redshirt senior, starting quarterback for Alcorn State. He's from Tampa. For those, of course, that listen to us on WURK in Tampa, he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. For you, Noah, can you speak to how you've grown again? You redshirted in 2015. Uh, that was the team that won the SWAC championship and played A&T in the, celebra- in the inaugural Celebration Bowl. Uh, you know, you you've had you know you sort of took over the reins really full time last year. Um, talk about how you've grown in now in in four complete seasons there at Alcorn State. Man, it's been it's been a long ride here at Alcorn, and being with Coach Mack for this is my fifth year, uh, learning from him, staying up under him, constantly getting coaching from him, and now I have Coach White as my quarterback coach has been a true blessing for me because he's one of the hardest coaches I've ever had since I've been playing football. So it's helped me a lot. He does not let me be complacent with anything in practice or everyday life, man. He's just a great teacher. And, you know, just just putting in the extra work, the extra time in the film room, trying to be a better leader each and every day for these guys because now I'm considered an old head out here. So (laughs) so, uh, I'm definitely, definitely trying to, do do what do do the right things around here and show guys the way it's supposed to go. So when we leave here, we can, they can keep this this dynasty going and 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 for more for more years for more years to come. And and of course, when Noah mentions Coach White, he is referencing Pat White, really one of the greatest college football players ever played quarterback at West Virginia State, just a dynamic player. Um, yeah. Speak a little bit more about what he's really meant to you these last couple of years as as your position coach just to have somebody who's come in and and who who's who's played the game at such a high high level played in really big time games and just an an elite player somebody who can relate to me because our games are similar so he understands what I see on the field he understands what I go through not being the tallest quarterback you know to say so he's he's definitely somebody who who relate well we click really well and he he constantly push he's pushing me each and every day and and i love him for that for for pushing me and to reach reach the goals that that i want to reach for this team to reach and definitely good mentor somebody mentor you and and talk to you just not just about football but about stuff in life general in general he's been great i'm grateful for him and the fact that he's come in and, and helped me, and we've had success together in our first year. <clears throat> Noah Johnson, the starting quarterback for Alcorn State Redshirt Seniors, one of my top five players to watch, joins us here on the program. What are some of the things, Noah, that you felt like you could improve upon and that you've worked on in the offseason? Definitely, definitely being a better, becoming a better passer. More sure of the ball, a lot more zip on the ball, and working on my my footwork, being calm in the pocket, and and um, <clears throat> just you know definitely really taking full control of this offense and having it in my hand and knowing what the coaches want to do before they before they tell me, so I know what they what they want, where where the ball needs to be at all times, and just really taking control. But biggest thing I worked on this offseason was footwork and passing mechanics and 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 just doing doing little things to fine-tune everything. You know, Deshaun Waller, you know, he was our impact player of the year last year and, and really just uh, 
I mean, what a phenomenal season, over 1,200 yards um, rushing. Just just speak to sort of, you know, I, I mean, this is a guy that was a junior college guy, came into the program, was in, was third string, came in, stepped in and had a phenomenal season. You know, speak to sort of, you know, what he means to this offense and how good a running back he is. Waller makes this all. He makes his offense go. He makes my job easier because I know I can give the ball to him and he could go out for twenty yards, thirty yards, take it the distance. He does great for this offense. The old line loves blocking for him. He just a, he's a loving guy around here, and, and people like being around him just because the the vibe he gives off. He doesn't say too much. He does does his work, goes about his business, and and he shows up on game day and. Uh, this last year when he was the the third string and he, he surprised everybody because I don't think anybody knew I don't think anybody really knew what he was capable of until he got a shot and he took advantage of it and blew him for that because you don't see a lot of guys from from third string to to first string to newcomer of the year you know so um, salute to him and he he definitely going to be. <laughs> much better than he was last year because I see it every day in camp. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. A couple of more thoughts, Noah. We appreciate the time, Noah Johnson, starting quarterback for Alcorn State. So, you know, how much are you, in your words, and some of the old heads looking forward to August thirty first playing at Southern Miss and your former head football coach Jay Hobson? Man, I'm. I'm very excited for that. I uh, told Coach Matt the other day that uh, that game has been circled on my calendar from the moment I found out we were playing that, that game. Um, that, that's probably going to be one of the biggest games. I'm excited to play, play in that game and being able to go against uh, Coach Coach Hop and uh, Coach Stanchek and go against them and hopefully beat them. That'll be that'll be huge. But that game is definitely circled on on, on my schedule. Yeah. Then lastly for you, a guy from Tampa, you're down south, you know, South Florida, right? How do you end up right. at Alcorn State all the way in, you know, n- near Jackson, Mississippi? How do you end up at Alcorn? How did you end up at Alcorn State? Man, they they gave me a shot to play quarterback, man. They did, I appreciate Coach Mack. They gave me a shot to play quarterback. Now a lot of schools want to take a shot at me coming out of high school to play quarterback. A lot of it was. Oh, he could play receiver, he could play DB, but they gave me a shot to play quarterback. I didn't know where I was going, where I was going, but obviously it's, it's worked out and it's been a true blessing. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Again, one of my top five players to watch. Noah Johnson is a starting quarterback for All Corn State. He's a redshirt senior. He's from Tampa. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Noah, great to catch up with you, man. Good luck to you and the Braves this season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Alcorn State has the most talented team returning in all of HBCU football. I mean, they've got to be the A&T, definitely the defending champions. you got to respect that. But if you look at and that's why you play the game. If you look at it on paper from a talent perspective, I mean, you're talking about the offensive line coming back, Noah Johnson, Deshaun Waller, the defense even though you're missing Whittington and Shippy on the end, still is going to be pretty good. The linebacker Solomon is really good, and that defensive backfield is excellent as well. 
The countdown to kickoff continues here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're going to be talking with another top player in all of HBCU football, the starting running back for the Arkansas Pond Bluff Golden Lions, Taylor Porter, is up next. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the Press Box to Press Row continues after this. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. It's Donald Ware, from the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a young man, a senior running back for Arkansas Pine Bluff from Immokalee, Florida. And as a matter of fact, I have him as one of my top five players in the country. And he led the SWAC in rushing on last year. He is Taylor Porter. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Taylor, welcome to the program. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? doing? Doing good. Good. I'm glad, man. Um, you know, I know it's been some long days with the practices. You guys are well into fall camp and getting things going. Just your thoughts on how things are going so far in camp? Uh, things are going very well. I mean, offensive defense competing every day. You know, they'll win some. We'll we'll win some. You know, just just that fight going back and forth. I feel like that's just gonna get us ready for the start of the season. And, and it's heading us into the right direction with the coaches calling great plays, you know, we're executing them at a high level. You know, we're just playing more physically. Yeah, what about last year? I mean, I know you guys only won the two games last year, but um, especially in the second half, you guys were more competitive and, you know, lost some lost some uh, pretty close games, including a, a really close game to Grambling. Oh, oh yeah, yes, sir. I mean, last year it was just, you know, just everything was just falling apart, you know. I mean, the team was together. It's just the, it, we just came through adversity each week, you know. But I feel like we shot ourselves in the foot. I mean, we'll take that, and just, we'll just keep it rolling for coming out through this year. You know, it is, I, I feel like it motivated a lot of a lot of the players that, that came back and that we recruited. They see what we're trying to do, so I, I feel like they're trying to just just hop on and just realize realize that we got a thing here. You know, we got a thing here at, here at UAPB. You know, I feel like we can take it all the way. Yeah, you know, I, my thing, and I've, I've said this throughout the course of this year, that I felt like, you know, even though you had the two wins last year, I feel like with yourself, the quarterback, your two dynamic receivers uh, that are coming back, this is going to be a, a – a t- and then on the defensive side of the football, you guys are looking pretty good. I mean, this is a team that's going to be reckoned with in 2009. 
18. Can you speak to that? And, um, you know, I think some some people may be sleeping on you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, our defense, man, our defense is going to be nice, real nice. I mean, you know, we have Jaden Stewart, all-conference, you know. And the secondary is going to be way much better than it was last year. I guarantee you that. We have uh, a transfer from Virginia Tech, Henry Murphy. Man, that man can fly. That man can make plays everywhere. It's just everybody on the secondary is making plays, you know. I feel like this is, this is going to be, a, like, a great year. For, as far as the defensive side, you know, they're, they're going to uh, get three and outs, give, give the offense the ball, and I feel like we're going to score quickly. I mean, we got we got the best receivers in the swag. Uh, Josh Wilkes, number three. Dewan uh, Miller, the freshman, all-conference. He's coming back. And we have a, a transfer from Missouri named Henry ba- um, um, Henry H- Harry Ballard. You know, that, that guy's a freak in practice. I feel like, I feel like we're just going to go all the way this year. Yeah. How, how tough is it when you got to face that defense um, day in and day out here in, in, in camp? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, it's, it's tough, you know. But it, like I said, we're competing every day. I mean, offense will win some today. The defense will win some the next day. So I feel like it's getting us ready for any defense that, we, that we're playing against this, this season. Even, like, the power, powerhouse team. I feel like our defense got – I feel like we got the best – one of the best defenses in the swag, you know. But that's just me talking. But I feel like this year you'll see and everyone else. Yeah. Taylor Porter, running back for Arkansas Pine Bluff, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Where do you feel like, Taylor, you improved in the offseason? Uh, my improve, uh, just studying the game more, uh, just, you know, seeing, seeing, the how the defenses are, you know, just me physically getting stronger, faster. And that starts off with our new head, uh, conditioning strength coach, Coach Harris. I feel like he did a great job during the spring, coming in the spring, getting us right throughout the summer too, and leading up to fall camp. Like I'm more explosive, you know, quicker. Like that's just, that's just one of the, some of the, uh, things that come with, that's, that's going to come with, um, during the season for me. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think there's any question about that, um, you know, putting in that work, certainly in the off season. So what are, you know, what about um, sort of for you coming out of ASA? Junior? First of all, you sort of came out of nowhere. Let, let me even before I talk about the junior college and your previous history to Arkansas Pine Bluff. How do you feel like you improved week in and week out last year, each each game or each week last year? Uh, I think, well, I think our coaches did a great job of uh, keeping us prepared. My running back coach, uh, Coach uh, Ram- Raman Lee, he did a great job of keeping us prepared, like, every day, every day. Like, he just, he did a phenomenal job just keeping us prepared with the defensive looks, like, what are, what are the schemes that they run each team, you know, like, that. And in the offensive line, I feel like we had the, one of the best offensive lines in the nation, you know. Just, them guys was ready to work. Them guys believed in everything that the coaches was telling them, and then we just kept going. I kept my foot on the pedal. They kept their foot on the pedal. We kept rocking every week. You guys did that. I mean, again, as I mentioned, the only two wins, but again, you guys played a lot better um, in the second half of the season. So sort of speak to a little bit about your background um, coming out of ASA Junior College and, you know, um, you know, sort of what was that like in terms of playing at Junior College? Uh, junior College, was t- it was tough. You know, when I first got there, I couldn't play. I had to register. Uh, I don't know what the issue. I think it was. Uh, I think it was my grades or something. They didn't have all my credits, so I ended up sitting out a year. My first year, I ended up, the following year, I ended up going into spring, just working hard, just staying focused. End up, end up uh, going through the the whole transition of like me not playing and just getting back into the routine of playing football because I was out a year. And then I end up starting 
at ASA. Ended up doing a great job, you know, and everything was just, everything was just good, you know. So did you? That was, pl- just, that was just, hello. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you just play the one year there? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I played one year because when I first got there, I, I couldn't play, so I had to wait the following year. And I played that season, and you know, everything like I only played like six games. We only had like seven. I, I missed one game. End up scoring like each game, you know. Then I guess that yeah, that's about it. Yeah, how did so? Tell me how you ultimately ended up at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Did you have other oh. yeah colleges that were looking? Okay. How, how did you uh, end up there? Yes, sir. Um, well, our head coach Chris Bolden, that was at ASA Miami. He ended up, I guess, he ended up getting a hold of the officer line that was heading to UAPB uh, the following the, the next year. His name is Coach Lonnie Teasley. He's now at um, North Carolina Central. I guess he ended up showing him my my film, and I guess he like he, he said I, I like, he liked my film. He, I ended up standing out, you know. He ended up showing head, the head coach Coach Thomas, and he said, Let, "Let's get him here right away." They ended up flying me out on a visit. I just like I just like the family, you know. I felt like the uh, the football team was just like a whole family, you know. I just got here, and felt comfortable doing it. I feel like they had. I feel like him him um, being his first year, he just knew he had a plan, and I was I was sticking to it. Everything that we were doing, you know. I feel like just his, his just, just the way he talked. Coach Thomas, is a re, he's a real guy, you know, he's a real stand-up guy. So the, the way he talked, it just fed me in, drew me closer. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Taylor Porter, running back for UAPB joins us here on the program speak more to that because when i was at swack media day and a couple of times i've had a chance to talk um with coach thomas and the thing about it week in and week out he's on those you know those conference calls the swack media calls last year and he just really kept it 100 he, he didn't make a lot of excuses if you know the team didn't play well he said so if the coaches didn't do well he said so so sort of speak about him and sort of what he's meant to you Oh yeah, Coach Thomas is a real like like I said, he's a real stand up guy, man. He's he's gonna keep it real. Like he keeps his real to every each player here on the team, he's gonna tell it how it is. He don't care what he says, you know. But he's keeping it like that's that's just him, that's his personality. I love Coach Thomas. I'll go I'll I'll run through a brick wall for Coach Thomas. Anything he asks me to do, I'll do I'll do it. Like that man is just man, it's crazy. I just wanna win games just just that just make him happy, you know. Like man, it's just it's crazy. I can't even I can't even explain. I'm right here smiling, like it's crazy how I love Coach Thomas. It's, it's just, <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. No, he, he he exudes that sort of, you know, sort of that personality. So where where do you feel like this team has improved, uh, Taylor, from 2018? Uh, towards like the whole the whole team or? Yeah, the team as a whole. Yes. Uh, I feel like we're coming closer. Like last year, we wasn't really close, like at all. You know, I feel like we, it's, it's like just coming in. We're we're coming in as one. It was t- it was last year. People were sort of like individuals, you know, doing anything they want. And I feel like everybody's coming together. You know, the discipline level is at a high standard, so it's like everyone's everyone's going to class, like not just skipping classes, going to weights, you know, stuff like that. I feel like Coach Thomas and the coaches did a great job of of like really telling, like giving that issue and that out. Like if you don't do this, this and that, you're gone. So like that's what I like about it. He he has, he has everyone disciplined, everyone focused, ready to lock in, you know, ready for the season to start. Yeah, no question about it. Last question, Taylor. We appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Speak to me about what you feel like August the 31st is going to be. It's going to be on a big-time stage. You're playing TCU. It's an opportunity. I mean, you did your thing, but this is an opportunity for you and this team to show what you can do against FBS uh, competition. 
Oh yeah, this is yeah, this is gonna be man, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be like real exciting. I'm ready to play these guys. I mean, any team we play against, I don't. It, it's just another team, you know. They gotta put on the same jersey, same pack, same helmet as us. We're just gonna go out there, you know. We're we all locked in, so we ain't even we're not really even worried about that. Like the big stage, you know, the fans, how loud it's gonna be. Cause we like we're just we're just we're we really have we all of us really have a ton of vision, even me, you know. Like I don't care if it's Alabama, you know, LSU. Okay, to our high standard, we're not gonna like be scared of nothing. We're ready. I feel like the whole team, just just the atmosphere, we feel like we got a chip on our shoulder, and we just the confidence level is at a hard time high than it was last year. Absolutely, led the swack in rushing. One of my top players in the country to watch. Taylor Porter is the running back for Arkansas Pine Bluff. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Taylor, great to catch up with you. Good luck to you in the Golden Lions in 2019. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for uh, giving me this interview. Actually, I appreciate it. Anytime, Taylor. Taylor Porter of Arkansas Pine Bluff joining us here on the program. Got to get ready to run. Thank you to Taylor Porter. Also to Noah Johnson for joining us today on the program. Hope you enjoyed a little history of Box to Row and some of the interviews we've had over the years. All of that great stuff can be found on our website at BoxToRow.com. As part of our Box to Row goes one-on-one series, some great interviews with uh, the likes of Taraji P. Henson and, you know, Jimmy Johnson, and the list goes on and on. Log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Continue keeping up with the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We got about a week and a half left of that. The latest podcast features St. Augustine's and an interview with head football coach Tim Chavis. Again, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com to download or listen to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.